make our confession. It's good to see all of you in the house of the Lord. I have some little uh, little guys I'm going to put up here. We're going to be talking today about, about the power of God's peace. And you see love, peace, and joy everywhere you go for the holiday season and all year long. Somebody was in my office the other day. He's on my bookcase. Uh, actually, this is a Thanksgiving. And they saw him on my bookcase and they said, well, you got Christmas out really early. I said, not really. I never took it down last year. It's been up all year long. But I love what it says, that we are to have love, peace, and joy manifest in our life all of the time. And if you don't get caught up in the trappings of the world and you stay true to what the meaning of the season is, then you'll never lose your peace. I've been with peace. I've been without peace. It is better to have peace. So let's make this confession right now. I am here on purpose because I have a purpose. My heart is open. My mind is ready to receive because it is not finished with me yet. My best days are right in front of me. I have victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. Can you say amen? Let's give the Lord a hand. You can be seated. Good to see all of you. I, I don't know where we're going the next two Sundays, but it might be for the power of love and the power of joy. But today we're going to be talking about the power of peace and how important it is to understand and to embrace it. Before we get into the message, I want to share a couple of books with you. Uh, one of them I'm just finished. I am absolutely fascinated by this book. How many of you would like to be on the cutting edge of a tsunami moving across this nation and bringing us back to God? I believe that would be every single one of us. I do not know if we are on the verge of that or not with President Trump. But I do know this. God always weighs in prophetically when he's making a move, and it's going to be by the Spirit, not by a man, not by a Republican or Democratic Party or a Libertarian Party, but when the voice of the Holy Spirit begins to speak to prophetic gifts around the world and throughout America, it's time to listen to the prophetic gifts if you do believe in the prophetic gifts, and that should be every one of us. This is the most fascinating book I have read in a long time. God and Donald Trump by Stephen Strang. It is a book about the prophetic words that have come forth starting in 1980 by a little old hermit man who was a prayer warrior in Rome and praying and what he felt was going to happen in America. This was in 1980 when the prophetic word came forth. It is one of the most fascinating books I have ever read. And the other book I'm recommending to all of you, you've heard me say this before, but I don't know how many of you know how vital Hobby Lobby and the Green family are to America. They are absolutely patriots in this nation. I love, first of all, the stuff they carry in Hobby Lobby. I really love it. But they are American patriots, rescued Oral Roberts University and rescued ministries all across the nation and are just so active in taking all of the financial blessings God has given them and planting them. Their family meets 
I think it's once a month, uh, they meet and, and determine how to distribute all of the wealth and how to give it away. He has a new book out called uh, How to Make Money and How to Give It All Away or something to that effect. It's a great book. But this is called The Dangerous Book, and it's written by Stephen Green and his wife. Uh, Stephen is the, is the son of the father, uh, of, of, founder of Hobby Lobby, David Green. And uh, it, it is a great book about how God gave them the vision years ago to build in Washington, D.C., a museum of the Bible. And that of all of the nations of the world, one nation is based on the absolute Christian Judeo Bible, Old Covenant, New Covenant, and that's the United States of America. And so they've got about a 500,000 foot building in Washington, D.C. now that is, is going to be dedicated to the Bible and that, not, that you cannot separate the United States of America from the Bible and you cannot separate the Bible from the United States of America and how we are a bright light to the world. And so I encourage all of you, this book is fascinating and, and they're doing something that I want to be involved with. Uh, they're, 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 they're starting out by putting this huge wall in this museum. And this wall will have one million names. And for any gift that you send in to support this venture, uh, your name, your family name will be on that wall, giving glory to God for the United States of America and the foundation of this country which is Jesus Christ and our Lord and Savior. And uh, this is the family that has taken on the United, the United States government and won, and uh, we are blessed by them. So anyway, I would encourage you to pick them up. If you like to read, you're going to learn a lot. If you don't like to read, I'll pray for you. Uh, so if you have your Bible, if you get your Bible, open it up. And oh, I love to laugh. I really do. My wife tells me I'm not funny all the time. Then she laughs at me and just humors me along. But when she laughs, I just keep going. I keep going for it. Okay. How many of you realize things aren't always like they appear? How many of you get uptight very easy? You know, just get uptight. Nobody at all. <clears throat> One hand went up. Two hands went up. Now they're going up very slow. Nobody wants to be first, do they? Okay. All of us get up uh, sometimes. They get uptight sometimes. We shouldn't. We should be at peace all the time. But, and we're going to talk about that today if we get a, 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 a hold of this message. But things aren't always as they appear. And I saw this as it's kind of a cute story. <clears throat> the, um, this man had been promoted. He's the, he was to the uh, new uh, uh, plant manager. And he didn't like the way things are going, and he thought, I'm going to make a, an example here. I'm going to find somebody not doing anything. I'm just going to fire him, and I'm going, to, I'm going to make sure that everybody just gets the word here. So he's wandering around, and probably not the best way to increase morale, but he's wandering around, and he sees this old boy leaning up against the wall. So he walks up to him. He says, uh, you, you, you're just leaning up against that wall. How, how much money do you make a week? The guy says, I make $400. He says, here's $400, don't come back. I said, well, okay. Took the $400 and left. He turned around to one of the other employees and said, what's that guy do here? He says, that's the Domino Pizza delivery boy. <laughs> <laughs> Tell your neighbor, things aren't always what they appear to be. <laughs> he went home with a great little tip. <clears throat> we're going we're gonna to be reading and sharing a couple of scriptures here today, but uh, I want to... I just want to paraphrase this message for you and then give you some scriptures for it, but 
you and I uh, should never be uptight. We should never lose our peace. We should always be walking in the fullness of what God has for us. And our perception of situations and circumstances should always be based on the Holy Spirit, not what we think separate from the Holy Spirit, but what the Holy Spirit shows us. And if we do that, then we will have the peace of God in us at all times. Jesus came, and we're going to share the scriptures here in just a moment, and, and that the announcement was made, peace on earth, goodwill to men. And when you look around and you see the situations in the world today, you might think, well, <laughs> what happened? Did God's plan go wrong? No. God's plan didn't go wrong at all. God also said through his son that there will be challenges, but when we're plugged into the peace of God and into the Holy Spirit, then that peace will be within us, and then that peace will change people's lives everywhere that we go. And if you understand that, it will change your life. Our perception of every situation should be based on the leading of the Holy Spirit. Jesus came and gave us the example, and then he left, and he gave us the Holy Spirit so that we would have everything that he had when he walked on this earth. And Jesus walked on this earth with perfect peace. So we need to embrace what we already have if you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You always have an opportunity to react and to respond to every situation based on either what you think or what the Holy Spirit thinks. If you're going to do it based on what the Holy Spirit wants you to do, it's going to take a little time to ask the Holy Spirit. I know this is a little silly example here because Pam told me years ago that the Lord had shown her, remember when we first got married, you had it in your prayer journal, uh, just love him when he does wrong, you're not his Holy Spirit or something like that. And, and then I was glad God showed her that. That was in the very beginning. Pam had walked with the Lord a lot longer than I had. She really had. And so she wanted, to, she wanted me to get everything she had in a couple of nights session. It didn't really work that well. Uh, but, but, but if I want to know what my wife thinks about somebody, and I know this is very simple, but I'm telling you this is the way it works in the realm of the Spirit. If I want to know what my wife thinks about someone or about a situation or about a circumstance, who do I need to ask? I need to ask her. I think I might know what she would feel. And how many of you realize the longer you've been married, the, the more you can really, you have that intuition, you have that discernment about how your mate feels about it. But I, I think, I may think she feels a certain way, but I really don't know until I ask her. And sometimes I'll think I know how she feels about something, and I'll say, honey, how do you feel about this? It's totally contrary to what I thought. I said, whoa, I'm glad I asked because I was moving in a different direction. Now we're together. That's the way it works with the Holy Spirit. You can think that you know what the Holy Spirit is showing you, and you can think that you're going to have the peace of the Holy Spirit manifest in your life. But if you haven't checked in with the Holy Spirit, you don't know for sure that you have it. Let me see the hands of all the people you've made some mistakes thinking it was probably God, only wishing you had checked in with the Holy Spirit because it was not God and you got in trouble. Now, this is what the Word of God says. We are all called to have this peace manifest in our life. Now, in Luke chapter 2, verse 14, the angels, the, uh, 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 
proclaim, it says, suddenly there was uh, with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That's what we need in this world, and you and I are to be carriers of that. In the book of Isaiah, if you've really gotten into the word, you understand that Isaiah chapter 9 is a prophetic word about Jesus Verse number six, for unto us is born a child, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Let's all say it, Prince of Peace. So the peace of God came so that you and I would have it manifest in our lives, and it would give us an example of what is going to happen, and that then that peace would be something that we would have in us. And Jesus said, I'm going to give you my peace, and I'm going to leave, but I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit, and that you will have peace in your life. Our focus determines whether or not we're going to have the peace of God or whether we're not going to have the peace of God. And this is what Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 27. Peace I leave with you. Now he's talking about he's leaving. He came as the Son of God, birthed in a manger. He came to give us the example of how to live our life and how to, how to have that peace manifest in our life. And then he said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled and don't let your heart be afraid. So Jesus is saying, the peace that I had, I am giving to you. Don't allow yourself to be troubled. Don't allow yourself to be afraid. Let me see the hands of all the people you believe that. Let me see the hands of all the people you've ever felt troubled and afraid. Okay, sounds like a contradiction, does it? What happens then is that if we're pressed in and pressing into the focus on the Holy Spirit, we're going to have what Jesus said right here. We're going to have his peace, and we are not going to be troubled or afraid because the Holy Spirit is going to give us the answer, and the answer is going to make us peaceful inside us because that's where the Holy Spirit lives. Now, if we go over to verse number 16, uh, chapter 16, verse 33, it, it's, it's, it's talking about how the things in the world are going to heat up a little bit, and there's going to be some challenges here. Now, it sounds like a contradiction, like, wait a minute, I thought Jesus came to bring peace into the world. Yeah, he, he came to bring peace into the world, but the world is a troubled place, and that his peace would change the perception of many people in the world, but the world is not a godly place but Jesus is coming to change the world through you and me. These things I've spoken to you, that in me you will have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. So therefore, Jesus is saying, you're going to be in the world, and it's going to be a troubling place. But you are going to have my peace, and that peace has overcome the world because I overcame the world. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, you never need to be uptight. 
How many of you are facing some things right now that can make you uptight if you focus upon that? But instead of focusing upon that, you go to the Word of God and you go to the Holy Spirit and you say, what do you want me to do about this situation? How do you want me to handle this situation? The Holy Spirit will never not tell you what he wants you to know. How many of you get all uptight over Christmas? And nobody's going to raise their hands right now. Get all uptight over, I understand that. Uh, you get all uptight over Christmas. I mean, the most beautiful time of year, we celebrate the birth of our Savior. And we got all sorts of things we have to do. We have to run here, we have to run there. The only thing we're hoping for is Christmas gets over quickly so we can relax and settle down. This is the most beautiful time of the year. We sh this is not about gifts. It is about the gift. This is not about all this stuff that we do. It's not, Pam and I were shopping last night, having a really good time, really at uh, Target, uh, getting something, uh, uh, gifts, uh, some things for her mother. And uh, this one man, really, uh, he was obnoxious. Oh, my goodness. I had to pray. God, it, it, he, he had a little boy with him. And it's just like, give me your boy. Uh, you know, uh, uh, you go on your way and I'll take your boy. He was just obnoxious. And um, it was all about buying a gift. And the little boy... I don't know if you heard the whole story, but the little boy said, I, I would like this gift. Well, no, I want this gift. And the, guy, and the dad said, you're lying to me. You don't really like, it just, we don't need to go there. But it just got, the, people just get so revved up uh, at, at this time of year over things, 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 and lists and lists, and all these things they have to do. And they lose their peace. And the very reason for the season is for us to enjoy the power of the peace of God. I said this earlier, but I, I, I really, I know when I am manifesting the peace of God in my life. And I love it. I love looking in the mirror. I love being with me. I am fine. <laughs> Everything is great. How many, I, I didn't think that, that would be funny, but how many of you know what I'm talking about? How many of you realize sometimes you don't even like to be with yourself? Well, you got a problem if you don't like to be with yourself, and that's because you, you're, you're agitated. It's like that washing machine. you got it on agitate. You need to get it off of agitate and let the peace of God fill you and realize that, you know what? I'm going to have a great time today. This is the day the Lord has made. I shall rejoice. Now, let's look at this peace that you and I are supposed to have manifest in our life all of the time. It means a calmness, a perfect well-being. Everybody say that word. Everybody say it again. Perfect well-being. A state of rest and quietness and calmness a total absence of strife, total tranquility. Now, this is what God is saying. I have come, and I'll leave it up there for just a moment. I have come so that you will have the power of my peace, and I'm going to demonstrate it to you. Jesus did. Then I'm going to leave, and I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit of peace in your heart, so that you will have that to finish the race that you're to run and that no matter what happens in your life, you will be calm. You will have a perfect well-being. You will be in a state of rest. You will have quietness. You will have calmness all about you. There will be a total absence of strife in your life and you will live in tranquility. Nothing, basically nothing will bother you. Turn to your neighbor and tell, nothing should bother you. Not even me. 
Pam told me the other day, do you mind me saying this? Thank you, honey. Uh, she said something about, she said, you, we're talking about stress. Do you remember? And you see, we were really just having a good time. And I know she was just joking with me and I was joking with her, but I carry, sometimes I carry it a little too far. Or, or sometimes she doesn't appreciate my humor is a better way to say it. But anyway, she said, you caught, you're with the cause of my stress. And I said, no, if you got a problem, you got a flaw. If you allow me to stress you out, it's your problem because you should not allow me to stress you out. You should not allow anybody to steal your peace. And there are some people out there that are trying to steal your peace and demonic forces are trying to steal that peace from you. And so what we've got to do is understand what we are going to experience in this world, but we are not of this world. We say this, but many times we don't live it. So let's all say it. I am in this world, but I'm not of this world. Tell your neighbor, you're not of this world. We, we, we live in a different world. We live in the world of the Spirit. Nothing is going to take our peace away unless we decide to give it away. Now, this is what Jesus said that we're going to experience in the world. We're going to have tribulation in the world. We're going to have coming against us pressure, oppression, stress, anguish, adversity, affliction, crushing, squashing, squeezing, distress, all these things are in the world. And if you allow them in the realm of the spirit, in, uh, of the natural realm of the world, these things will have an effect on your life. But if you stay in the realm of peace, these things can't touch you. This is in the world. How many of you realize these things are in the world? They're everywhere. They're on the news. They're in the mall. They're on the driving down the road. All sorts of things. This, this pressure, oppression, stress, anguish, adversity. And then when you see people that are Christians succumbing to this, what is the problem? Jesus said, this is the way the world's going to be. So let's just say it. This is the way the world's going to be. We can change part of the world by bringing them to Christ, but this is the way the world's going to be in the world. But he said, be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. And if he overcame the world, we have overcome the world through a spirit of peace. So the power of God's peace rests within God's people. Let's all say, I have that power. Now, if you get a hold of this, it will absolutely change your life. In Romans chapter 8, it, it, it's giving us the formula of what happens to many of us if we aren't living a disciplined, self-controlled, spiritual life of living the Word and letting the Holy Spirit tell us how to respond. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. Now, that's what's going on in the world today. But those who live according to the Spirit they set their minds on the things of the Spirit. Who sets your mind? Who sets your mind? You do. How many of you, from time to time, allow somebody else to set your mind? All of us are prey to it if we're not tuned in to the Holy Spirit. I can do nothing to cause her to set her mind on anything of the Holy Spirit if she's focused on it. That makes sense? You might say, well, somebody just upset me. They're not the problem. 
I'll say it again. Thank you for that overwhelming silence. Nobody can upset you without your permission. Nobody can steal your peace and squash you or make you feel bad or bring the things into your life without your permission. You have to take your mind off of a spiritual mindset and you have to put it over on the flesh. Do you understand what they did to me? Why are you paying attention to what they did to you? What did Jesus do for you? Your mind should be in the realm. Now let's look at what it says here in the next verse. This is so powerful. For to be carnally minded is death. There are a lot of carnal minded Christians trying to live a life in carnality of the mind set on the flesh instead of the mind set on the spirit. They will never have peace in their life. That's why a lot of people that when you try to counsel them, it's, it's like trying to, it's trying to get gnats. and push, that Their mind is wandering because their mind is not focused on the things of the spirit. It says, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded, look at this, <clears throat> is life and peace. If you are spiritually minded, there will be a lot of times in your life when people think you don't care about all of the problems that are going on in the world. The word care means to be distracted. You don't need to be distracted by all the problems that are going on. You need to be focused upon all the things that Jesus did for us. Can you say amen to that? So you and I are called to be peacemakers on this earth. And honey, last night when we get ready to go to bed, I, I went in, I, I, I kept thinking, I remember years ago, I heard a word, and all I could remember was just the vagueness, is that I've called you to be a peacemaker. And that we were out in Tulsa at the time. I don't know if you remember me sharing that with you. And so I'm thinking, I know God told me years ago that he called me to be a peacemaker even before I even knew what it meant. And so I got all my prayer journals out, and I started out in 1981, and I finally found it in 1985. And in 1985, May the 20th of 1985, God spoke to me and said, I have called you to be a peacemaker and that everywhere that you go, you will make peace. Now, I want to guarantee you, I have not lived that message to the fullest. So turn to your neighbor and say, he has not lived that message yet. Because there are some times I seem to bring anything but peace on the scene. I know it. But I know what God spoke to me. And I remember... I'll never forget this. I've, I've written this other date down too, right in there. Uh, I, I, like a peacemaker. What is a peacemaker supposed to be? And I remember studying it and reading it and how the, you just don't let anything shake you. You're going to be calm and tranquil all the time. You're going to let the Holy Spirit lead and guide you. And you're not going to do anything. And you're not going to take any cares and distractions upon you. And I got a call from Billy Joe. And see, if you're a peacemaker... Everywhere you go, if you're yielded to the peace of the Holy Spirit, you take that with you, and you will bring it into a room, and you'll change the spiritual atmosphere of the room. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, you can change the spiritual atmosphere of a room. You can change the spiritual atmosphere. And turn back and tell him again, good or bad. <laughs> good or bad. But if you're plugged into the power of the Holy Spirit, and, and so I got this call from Billy Joe, and I was really practicing 
trying to be led by the Holy Spirit in everything that I did. Not saying I've arrived, I haven't. But I was really practicing. This is back in 1985. And I'm saying, God, I'm not doing anything unless I know it's you. And so first time out of the chute, we're in a, in a meeting um, uh, with Pastor Doherty and some of the other leaders of the church. And, and they're getting ready to make a move of taking victory out of the maybe center where they were meeting at that time, beautiful arena, 10,000 uh, seated 10,000 people and moving it to Christ Chapel where at that time uh, they were going to be refurnishing the, the floor of the Maybe Center and Christ Chapel, every time we ever had to move up there, we lost attendance. The attendance went way down. It was a building that set way up on a hill and it was very difficult to get people up there. So they said that, uh, they said we, the, the people, Billy Joe said, well, our attendance always goes down. And, and the associate pastor said, well, let's not announce it to the congregation. When everybody shows up, uh, we'll just have vehicles there and we'll transport them up there, but we'll not announce it to the congregation. Then that way they won't stay home on that day. And we had four or five guys that, these were all my friends, uh, that all sat there and they all agreed with them. And I never said a word. Now, I'm practicing to be a peacemaker. I, <clears throat> and, and, and it's new to me, but I'm comfortable in it because I like the way I feel about myself. The bottom line is this. The most important person to me to con be concerned about how they feel about me other than God is me, not you. Does that make sense? That makes sense. In other words, if I feel good about myself, I'm on my A game. If I don't feel good about myself, I'm not good for anybody. Kind of like the old saying, if mommy ain't happy, there ain't going to be anybody happy in the family. <clears throat> That's about a woman, but I'm sorry. <laughs> but, but anyway, you, you understand what I'm saying. So, so everybody's talking about this, uh, and, and they decide not to, Billy, uh, they all decided not to tell anybody. So Billy Joe's just sitting there, and he looks at me, and he said, Bill, you haven't said anything. I said, well, whatever everybody thinks, but I know what I feel in my spirit. Everybody said, I know, t tell your neighbor, I know what I feel in my spirit. Don't ever be afraid of people. We'll talk about that in just a moment. I, know, I knew what I was feeling in my spirit. And he said, no, I want to know what you think, Bill. I said, well, I think that the only reason we're contemplating not going up there is based on fear. And the fear is of a lower attendance. So I don't think that we should ever make a decision based on fear. Now, I was very sincere with what I said. These are four or five of my friends in this meeting, other leaders in the church. They don't look like my friends anymore. Uh, they, they, they look like they could lynch me. Uh, they don't look happy at all. I have just basically undercut everything they had been saying, but that's what I felt in my spirit. And Billy Joe just sat there, and he, if you, he just had a tendency to stare at you. I, it wasn't stare. He's trying to discern. Uh, and he just was looking at me like this. And I thought, oh, glory to God, now I've upset him too. This peacemaker deal is not working out really well. I finally said, you know, Bill, I think that is God. We're going to tell him. Thank you. Well, I think I made points with him, but whatever points I had with my friends, they went down the drain. Glory to God, because there was nobody happy with me over that situation. But I realized this. 
if you're going to be a peacemaker, you can't care or think about what other people think. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't ever consider other people. Now, I know that sounds contrary. You can find a scripture and say, wait a minute, that sounds, oh, shouldn't we care about people? Your number one concern should always be, what is the Holy Spirit showing you? And when you're following the Holy Spirit, a peace of God will always be there. doesn't mean everybody will always agree with you, but it means the peace of God will always be there for you. The other situation was, Billy Joe had called me one day, and he said, there's a man who really needs help. I can't meet with him. He's in a serious situation. I want you to talk to this man for me. I said, fine. Like I said, fine. <laughs> I said, yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> it was a kind of a command in the first place. But anyway, the guy showed up in my office. I am not embellishing this story at all. The man came in, sat down in my office, introduced myself to him. I told him, just go ahead. The man began to talk for about 45 minutes. I never said a word. Never said a word. The man told me about all of the situations he'd been through in his life. Told me about what he felt like God was showing him to do. Told me how he felt like he was supposed to turn everything around. And when he got finished, I'm just sitting there. When he got finished, he looked at me and he said, I can't begin to tell you how much you've helped me. <laughs> you have helped me change my life. And I'm sitting there <laughs> thinking, this stuff really works. I'm not embellishing this story. I never said a word. I did pray for him before he left. I never said a word. I just sat there. There is something about being in the presence of a man of God who was yielded to the Spirit of God who has the peace of God manifest in their life that will change the atmosphere and change the lives of people. And when you have the peace of God manifest in your life, you can change the life of people by merely being in their presence. But if you're uptight, you can walk right by somebody that you're assigned to change their life for eternity. It's no time to be uptight. No time to be concerned about all these things you have to do. But you're on an assignment from God. Matthew chapter 5 verse 8 says this. Blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called the sons of God. Blessed are the peace let's all say that it just sounds good blessed are the peacemakers let's say it again blessed are the peacemakers blessed are the peacemakers and that's what you and I are called to be now i want to give you five things that god put in my heart as i was praying over this see colossians 3:15 says let the peace of god rule in your spirit the peace of god always ruling in our spirit where does the peace of God come from? Come from the Holy Spirit. And if you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you have that spirit. Number one, these things will help you manifest the power of God's peace. It's the power of God's peace. Now, I want you to think about this just a moment. It's the power of God's peace. Think about this. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. 
You've been bought and paid for with the price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. You have the same peace resident in you if you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior through the Holy Spirit that Jesus had. So that everywhere that we go, we have that peace. And we have the ability to change lives. Isaiah, number one, is trust God. Your total trust has to be in God. And Isaiah, you can just leave it up there and I'll share the scripture here because I, want, I know some people are writing it down. But in, in the book of Isaiah, uh, chapter 26, verse 3, it tells us how we can have perfect peace. Let's all say, I want perfect peace. And it's a redundant statement because if you're talking about the peace of God, you don't have to say perfect peace because it is perfect peace, but there's nothing wrong with saying it. Isaiah 26.3 says this, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon you because he trusts in you. So number one, we trust God. We're not trusting ourselves to think what I'm going to do. How am I going to do this? What are all these things going to be? Well, maybe I should do this. Well, I don't want people to be upset with me. Well, I don't. No, no. Then you just get yourself all worked up. My mom, my mom, <laughs> I love my mom. Sometimes I use her as an example. It's always not like I'm using her as an example one. But sometimes my mom would, would get so upset with things, and she says, I've just worked myself up. And I always wondered, Mom, why do you work yourself up? It was an old expression. I just got all worked up about something. I don't even know what it means. All I knew was it meant my mom wasn't happy, and I didn't like that. I like my mom to be happy. Number two, the Holy Spirit is your source for peace. You have that resident within you, not from other people or circumstances or situation, but the, the Holy Spirit is your source for peace. Galatians 5.22 talks about how we have the spirit of peace. Number three, this is one of the most important ones. I see it all the time in people, all the time. Stop trying to please people. Glory to God. Can I see the hands of all the people you know somebody that's a people pleaser? Glory to God. Let's all say it. Stop trying to please people. Oh, that drives me up a wall. The fear of man is a snare. The reason people try to please people is because they're fearful they don't like them. It doesn't matter what you do for some people, they're still not going to like you. The only thing that matters is, are you doing what is the best thing for them? I was reading, <laughs> now, I realize that not everybody is a Trump fan, okay? And I don't know if he's on a mission from God or not. But all I know is, so far, what I hear him say about things that are important to me, I like. And he's talking about how when he was uh, thir 13 or 14, I forget his age, might have been 15, 13, 14 or 15, he was running on the streets of Queens and his dad was a very successful contractor. And his dad came to him one day and he said, uh, you're going the wrong direction, son. And uh, he said, I don't know about that. And uh, his dad said, yep. He said, I'm going to do something about it. And I'm sending you to military school. And he said, I'm not going. He said, something, something you aren't. And uh, he put him in a car and took him to military school, dropped him off. He was in military school for three or four, I don't know, five years. Five years in military school. 
He said, the things they did to you in military school, if they did them today, they'd be serving time in prison. <laughs> but he said, it was the best thing that happened to me, and I knew how much my, God, my dad loved me because of it. He said, it changed my whole life. Sometimes we're concerned about what people think instead of number one, the number one thing. Everybody say number one. Holy Spirit, what do you think? What do you think? And Pam has helped me out a lot in this area because there are times when I've, in situations close to us sometimes, where I've, I've, I've prayed and I feel like this is what God telling me to do, and, and, and I've done it, and it really seems to backfire. It really seems to open the floodgates of, of a lot of challenges. But, you know, I would rather do what I know the Holy Spirit shows me to do and take the consequences of it than to be fearful of what man would say. Because stop trying to please people will change your life. Can you say amen to that? And then number four, and this means so much to me, all these do. But number four is, is, is learn to be content in all things. Paul said this in Philippians chapter 4, verse 11. I've learned how to be abased. I've learned how to abound. I've learned how to be uh, blessed. Matter of fact, let me read it to you exactly the way it is because I'm messing it up for you. Philippians chapter 4, verse 11 says, Not that I speak to you in regard of needs. How many of you realize you always have a need somewhere? Let's just say, I always have a need. Don't focus on your need. Focus upon the meter of the need. Focus upon the Holy Spirit. And, and it says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 11, Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am in to be content. Let's all say it. Whatever state, whatever state I, am in, I am in, I'm going to be content. And if you do that, and if you make that a priority in your life, you're not going to be moved by any circumstance. You're going to be content no matter what happens. Some lady runs over your toe in the shopping center with a proverbial cart. You're going to be content. You're not going to be upset. Not going to bother you a bit. Your toe may hurt, but it doesn't be, it'll heal later. You know, in other words, nothing is going to bother you. Turn to your neighbor and say, nothing should bother you. The Holy Spirit leading and guiding us all the time. And then, number five, so peace everywhere that you go. You can't sow what you don't flow. I'll say that again. You can't. I just thought of that. That's kind of cute. I think God gave that. I, I, I said I just thought of that. Forgive me, Lord. God thought of that. You can't sow what you can't flow. <laughs> Can I say this, Pam? I won't say it if you tell me not to. You know how sometimes we'll, we'll be doing something? And you know. But uh, no, I'll say your resume. I'll say your resume says you have a, a pretty smile. Look at that. Look at that face. Look at that face. I, we, we should be getting, sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes, should be uptight about something. I'll say, honey, that resume that I married, that resume said you have a beautiful smile. And and then, and then it'll just start to manifest. And then she'll, she'll, she'll say, that's not funny, as she laughs. And I think, yep, I'm so in peace right now. I'm going to pay for it later, but I'm so in peace. Now, 
I, I want to I uh, close with this scripture because it's such a powerful scripture. Now, I hope this comes across right. I'm using myself as some examples here because I live it. I know what it's like when I have peace manifest and flowing in my life. Oh, glory to God, I feel great about life. I know what it's like when I don't have it. I feel like crap. I really do. I don't want to be around you. I don't even want to be here. I want to be somewhere else. I go drink a beer somewhere, you know. <laughs> but when I'm on my game, <laughs> but when I'm on my game, <laughs> it's true. Now, look at this scripture. It's talking about the wisdom of God and all of the things that God wants us to have. And it's concluded in James chapter 3, verse 18. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. The fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Today, when we leave this church, most Sundays, Pam will probably say, you want to go somewhere and get something to eat. Flowing with that peace, we're going to be able to give it to the waiter or the waitress. We're going to be able to give it to the people we see that are strangers because it's going to be flowing from us. And when you walk by people in this world, the world is dark. When you walk by people with that peace, they'll know it. They won't know what's different about you, but it'll be that peace that you have, that smile that you have. You're not thinking and uptight about all the stuff that's going on in the world and in your life. You're thinking about letting that peace flow that God gave you through his son Jesus. And this is the whole message. God so loved the world and saw the darkness down here. I'm going to send my son Jesus. Jesus, you're going to be on assignment. And you're going to take my peace down there. And you're going to impart it into the world. Now, they're not going to accept you. A lot of people are going to turn against you. But once you finish up showing them an example of what I want you to show them, then we're going to tag team. You're coming back to be with me until it's time to come back once and for all. But then I'm sending the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's going to live inside them, and it's going to change their life. It's going to change every part of their being. And they're going to have a peace that surpasses all understanding, and that everywhere that they go, the power of my peace will be flowing from them and it will dispel the darkness of the world everywhere that they go. Will everybody receive it and, and, and want what you have? No. Some people will come against you they will, because of the demonic forces that are in this world. But many people will be drawn to Jesus through you because you yielded to let flow from you what God freely gave to you. Can you say amen? Let's all stand. God has a great, wonderful, awesome plan for our life. Today, somebody's life can be changed for all eternity just by you flowing the peace of God from them. And it's such a powerful, powerful force that we have. The peace of God, the power of the peace of God living would you bow your heads with me just for a moment? I want to ask you the most important question you will ever answer. Do you know that if you died today, you'd go to heaven to be with Jesus? 
If you're not sure, this is the time to make that decision. Maybe you're here and you're like a prodigal son, a prodigal daughter. You know you've walked away and drifted away from the things of God. God loves you, but He wants to restore you back to Him. And if I've described you, I'm going to ask you to slip your hand in the air. I didn't seek you. I let my mind wander. Help me, Lord, to seek your will, your answer, your leading, and your peace to flow from me, to consume me, and to consume I'm not moved by what I see. I'm moved by what I believe. And I believe that you've given me your peace that I have. The power of your peace with me every moment of every day. Now, Father, I pray for every person who prayed that confession. Lord, that in the name of Jesus, we are going from glory to glory. We are the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. We are steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Because of Jesus and the meaning of this season. And we give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. In Jesus' precious name. Everybody's. 